Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Save big money now on new siding from LP Smart Side at Menards. Update and beautify your home with your choice of 13 timeless colors of pre-finished engineered siding. It's durable and includes a Sherwin-Williams factory finish paint warranty that means no painting for years to come. View our entire selection of siding from LP Smart Side today. And don't forget to check out our flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money at Menards. You're listening to the Eyes on Isles podcast with Matt O'Leary and Mitch Anderson. Hello and welcome to the Eyes on Isles podcast, episode number 61. I am Matt O'Leary, joined by Mitch Anderson. Mitch, how are you doing tonight? I'm good, buddy. Oh, I wonder why you're talking like that, Mitch. Just feeling pretty good, man. Just out of curiosity, did you happen to take advantage of the new law passed in Canada today? No, man. It's just no, I didn't. I wish. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not a stoner. Um, I have probably smoked weed. God, I don't even know how many. Like a handful of times. Never paid for it. I'm so square. It's unbelievable. I don't mind it. I don't like to watch a movie, sit and watch a movie. Oh, perfect. I am all into that. All right. So I guess you're pretty happy with that. What a way to start a show. What I a way. It. Just get that right out of the way. You know, the address the elephant in the room. All right. Let right me off get the my bat. beer in me too. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Any mm-hmm. overflow? No, I think we're good this week. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. There it comes. Mm-hmm. Mitch, you're very on brand to start this show. I just got to keep my mouth on it. Yep. My fridge is running a little cool. God. It's snowing here. I'm all over the place right now with the the weed and the beer. And now it's snowing. It's snowing right now. I just got home from the bar because my internet gave out for hours. And yeah, it's snowing outside. Okay. That's not fun. It's a little cool in New York. Not like super bad. It's in the 40s. So I don't know. Like what comparison to Celsius? We do this anytime we talk about the weather. We have no idea the conversion rates or anything like that. I'm gonna get so, to know it eventually. I thought it was like 22 something, 22.3 or whatever is a differential divide some, or multiply. I don't know something like that. We'll eventually figure out one of these times. That sounds too high. 22.3. Anyways, yeah. Screw but do you have an addition for us for episode number 61? I don't. Not because okay. I didn't look it up. I looked it up. It's because no one has ever worn 61. No. So we're going to have to come up with a different edition. It's I, not going to be Islanders player you, related. <laughs> you've got this, me on the fly now. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Mitch, you're the creative one of the bunch. I thought you would have had something in your back pocket. We'll just like, call it legalization day. Legal. 
Because that's what it is here. For some reason. Oh, the media reporting. Oh, my God. The Canadians. The weed in Canada. Oh, my. No one. I haven't seen a single person. Not a single person. Okay. Mainly because, anyway, there's all this whole infrastructure debate and so on and so forth around that. Either way, shall we get to some New York Islanders talk? Yeah, let's get into the hockey conversation. The Islanders are back in action finally. What? Finally. They are playing tonight at 10 o'clock in Anaheim. Oh. It's grotesque. I don't like the late starts games, but... So, this is... What a joke we have, all right? So, we had, what, two games in the last, like, 10 days? Something Something like like that, Something like that. Sounds about right. Yeah. And now we get to see the Islanders finally play, but no, they're on the West Coast. (laughs) You guys on the East Coast can't stay up past your bedtimes. Unbelievable. It's not really too fair. Even later tomorrow, 10.30 start. Ridiculous. Unbelievable. Stupid Los Angeles, or California, I should say. So we will do the post games on the Patreon. So if you're not already subscribed there, please do so. You can go, it's patreon.com slash eyes on aisles. You can look up some more info on what you get there. Uh, it's post game content. It is a mailbag podcast episode. It's a weekly newsletter. And we're going to be either staying up late or waking up really early this week. And I think we're leaning towards waking up really early. I think so. it's going to be a combination of both. I'm going to try to stay up as late as I possibly can. Yeah, so it's going to be a little bit of both for us, so it should be interesting this week of content, but as the main focus is, the Islanders are returning for the first time it feels like forever, honestly. (laughs) It does. Since Saturday was the last time they played. And let's jump right in with our first topic. Anthony Beauvillier has struggled in his first four games. Mitch, what's your level of concern? Um, It wasn't high. It is now. Uh, so it, it wasn't because I thought, you know what, it, it's the starting of the season. It's a new system. That stuff kind of happens. But no, here we go. Third line. Peace out, buddy. That was a quick demotion. It wasn't like, hey, we're going to cut your minutes back a little bit. You'll run on the second line with like Jordan Eberle and Brock Nelson. No, 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 no. You're going down to the third line. So you're going to lose, what, maybe six or seven minutes of ice time a night, probably? Let's something say, yes, yeah, something at least that much, yeah. And you get to play with Valtteri Filpula and Leo Komarov. <laughs> what a privilege. Is that what the lines are right now? Like that, So I think, that actually, the Barcelona line is now line two going into the game. Um. Either way, doesn't doesn't necessarily matter. He's still it's going to be like a one A one B type situation, right? Um, and in terms of right, he's playing with Clutterbuck actually. So it's Bo Philpola Clutterbuck. That's Not that right. that's any better. Let's just put that out there. No. So the fourth line is Johnston Sizikas Komarov. I don't understand why you don't just keep Sizikas as a third line center. I like him as a third line center. Keep Philpola. Isolated on that fourth line, he was good. Anyways, we don't need to. We're not talking about centers. We're talking about Beauvillier. Tom Tom Kunakel is apparently making his debut on the second line. Apparently, maybe, ba- maybe he just might. Josh Bailey was not on the ice for the morning skate. 
he I feel like the same thing happened in Carolina, but he ended up playing that night. Right. So it's it's possible. So but, but so are we worried about about Bo? I am because he's playing third line minutes now. This seems like it's a more maybe it's just going to be a quick thing kind of we're going to put you here. We're going to show you a lesson. We're going to hopefully teach you a lesson or you're going to get a lesson out of this and then you'll recover from it. It doesn't seem like that's a possibility. Though. Like, What if he just stays there all year long? Okay, my, here's my question now for you. Are you more yes. concerned about Anthony Beauvillier or the ideology in the Islanders' handling of Anthony Beauvillier? Uh, more on Anthony Beauvillier. I don't mind. It, it, if it ends up being... Um, how do I want to say this? That he's put down on the third line to learn something, to be put there by for for a purpose to say we're putting you here because you haven't done what we want you to do. Now act accordingly. And if he does, perfect, they put him back up. We're good to go. But if it's we're just putting you there and forgetting about you, that's a little tough. What I don't like is sending it to the HL. Just get out of my face. I don't even want to talk to you. You're not worth my time. I don't. I don't like it. It worked. It worked for him last year, but it doesn't always work. Case in point, Josh was saying that did not work. Now, and I think I'm gonna disagree with your take here. I don't. Okay. I don't like them giving up on him on the top line so quickly. Yeah, and I wrote the kind of I wrote essentially the same thing. Like they they shouldn't be so quick about it. I think that's maybe the biggest concern is how quickly they went. Four games in, four games, and boom, done. But guys, like he, you've lost twice against the same team. Let's just chill a second here. Yeah, that's why I think he should have got more time, and especially him. Not it's not even like you swapped him and Anders Lee. No, no, no. You you swapped you swapped him and Andrew Ladd, who's <laughs> played one game. And I listen, Andrew Ladd, great. He scored a goal. He was productive a little bit with Matthew Barzell last year, but for some reason, I just have this feeling that he's not going to be able to keep up with Barzell and Bailey. Call me crazy, but I don't think he's going to be able to keep up with them on the ice, and I don't see that line being successful long-term. No, well, you're absolutely right. Is is Ladd going to be able to keep up with Barzell? No. No. God, no. Is that why he's being put there? No. Which is worse. Uh, he's being put there for his veteran presence, his ability to... He's still a good possession player, or he has the ability to be a good possession player. That's what he's being put on the ice for, to be, okay, once you enter the zone, you're able to keep the puck in the zone and keep the, the play going. All right, fine, cool, I suppose, but like he's still not generating a whole lot of offense, which is really the ultimate purpose of him being there, and he can't do that, so I don't get it. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of it, but overall, like, listen, obviously Anthony Bovillier doesn't have a point yet, and yeah, mm-hmm. through four games, that like that's not great, but I feel like, not that points come randomly, but I feel like he's eventually going to break out. Yeah, oh, well, obviously he will. It's just when and how long does that breakout, how long does that breakout last for? I... I'll, I'll make a little wager with you. It doesn't have to be for anything, but it's okay. more of a prediction. Okay. I think he comes back with at the end of this road trip with at least two goals. Two goals by the end of the next within the next three games. Yep. Okay. I don't think so. I think it's under two. So let's let's say over under one point five. I'm taking the under. You're clearly taking the over. Yep. I'll okay. Take the over. Okay. 
That's a Skype, not even Skype, Google Hangouts handshake to you on that. There we go. I Set. think even even with playing on the third line. Oh, well, obviously, yeah, you know, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I think he'll I think he he's too good not to. Well, is he though? Is he? Right, like yes. I, this is me playing devil's advocate. Right, let's look it up. He um oh, not Anthony Bourdain Jeepers Creepers. Um he put up how many points last year? 36? Yes, and 21 21 goals. Yeah. And that's largely because of the second half of the season because he put up seven points before he was sent down and then put up 29 after that. He then had 24 the season before that. Are we not sure he's just a 36-point player? I know he was better in that second half, but without that second half, this guy is nowhere near 36 points. No, I'm fairly confident he's going to be a 40-point to 50-point player. Like He's obviously got the potential. It's just... Why does it take a kick in the pants every year to get him going? Why does it take him? Like I, I know that there are some players. I know Kevin Shovelday. I've said this about Andrew Ladd, saying that he's better in the second half of the season. Well, I don't want to wait a half. That there's, there's a full half gone. Then fine, you're only good for half. Then I'm giving you a half contract. Okay, but like Jordan Everly hasn't been that great yet. Okay, yeah, we can get into that debate. I'm not. I'm not saying that he should be. He should. Escape punishment because only Bo is the focus, but there's clearly something here. Either the two of them, the two of them. I don't. I think the sample size isn't big enough. That's going to be my argument for both of them. I want to. If that's fair, get back to me after ten to fifteen games. Ten to fifteen games. My God. Okay. I was going to say like six, eight, maybe ten to fifteen. Well, what do you? By this logic, Mitch, you think like. Kyle Palmieri is going to score like 100 goals this year. If we're going to decide what's what's happening. Austin in like the Matthews first will games. score 149 goals, Matt. We already know this because the Toronto media is cramming it down our throats. <laughs> yeah, that must be fun for you. Oh, I, I don't no, I'm not that exposed to Toronto media. It's more Ottawa media here and we hate we Ottawa people hate Toronto, so it's kind of Well, actually, the rest of Canada hates Toronto, so it's, we're all fine. It's a real anti-Toronto thing in Canada. All right. But I don't panic. My, here's my point, Mitch. Okay. Don't panic about Bovillier. Don't panic about Eberly. It's gonna be okay. Chill. Okay. I'm gonna Take. I'm gonna chill for at least another four games. Okay. At least, and then it's gonna be. My issue isn't gonna be there's he doesn't have the ability to be a good player. My issue is always gonna be, or not always, but it's going to be at this point. Why does it always need? Why does he always need a kick in the pants to get going? And if so, let's kick him in the pants before the season starts. Let's just get the kicking over with day one. And then like, hey, Bo, how's it going? Kick in the pants. Uh, Here's your 40 points. Good to go. Like, let's just do that. Are you the designated kicker, I guess? I will be the kicker -er, uh, for for Bovillia if he wants. If if the team wants me to take that position, I I will serve at the pleasure of the Islanders when it comes to that. All right, Lou, we know you're listening. Take note. I will be the kicker. Anything else on Bo before we move on, Mitch? Um, I just I, I want I want you to be right in the over one point five goals department in the next three games. I just I worry that he won't look. He's playing with Philpola and Clutterbuck. <laughs> Clutterbuck, like it's possible. It's possible. Is his my my concern with that is does that also mean that his power play time goes down? 
Hmm? No, I don't think so. What is he replacing him with? Lad. Oh, gross. Yeah. Right. No. Maybe. Anyways, let's 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 mosey on. We have a few other things to talk about. <laughs> One of them being good transition, Mitch. Andrew Lad. <laughs> so he returned in Nashville, and he actually found the back of the net. No way. He did. He only did that twelve times last year. So he has one twelfth of his production in one game. That's a good math there. That was some good math. And good it came courtesy of a phenomenal play by Matthew Barzell. <laughs> For some reason the Nashville Predators let Matthew Barzell have a ton of space behind the net. He did some things with the puck and then found the wide open Andrew Ladd, who put one top shelf. Did you and just now- essentially yada 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 Ma- Matthew Barzell playing? Uh, Matthew yeah. Barzell behind the net, yada yada yada, Andrew Ladd scored a goal. I mean, pretty much. He just did yeah. Matthew Barzell things. Like, the, if you didn't watch the yep. game, you could probably have an image in your head for what happened, and that's pretty much exactly what happened, Mitch. Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. Dingle dangles, and the four guys are like, hey, where's my jock strap? Oh, it's up in the stands. And then, boom, the puck is in the net. Initially, how I wanted to go with this conversation, yep. we can't, because I wanted to talk about the bottom six cap hit, but now, technically, Andrew Ladd's a top six player. Yeah, you're right. So he is still making five and a half million dollars against the cap. And as we mentioned, he had 12 goals last year. He was expected to be a, what, 25 goal scorer when he was brought in. That's probably fair guess. Yeah. Well, like 12 goals is his worst return since his second year in the league, which was 2000. Actually, yeah, 2006, 2007, when he was 21 years old and he scored 11 goals that year. Exactly. So here's the thing. I guess this is how we'll go with it. Andrew Ladd, obviously returning into lineup. We'll start there. Do you think this has a positive, negative, or neutral impact on the Islanders lineup? Ooh. I think it has a negative uh, effect. Uh, I think maybe in the short term it's positive because he's playing with house money. Maybe not house money. He's fresh is what I, really what I want to say. He's coming in fresh. Uh, off of an injury, which he did two years ago, and he came, he he was pretty good, right? When he sat down for that, that like what week or something like that. Yep, ended up putting up twenty three goals at the end of the year. Uh, but that's it. Like he doesn't play with any speed. He plays with control, and he's a veteran, which is clearly something that Lou and and, and Barry like. Uh, I just don't see it as working with a guy like Barzal. I'm going to go with a positive impact. Oh, what? Not because this of where is he's playing. Not on brand. Not because of where he's playing. Yep. But because of essentially who he's replacing in the lineup. He's replacing Tom Kunakel slash Tanner Fritz. Andrew Ladd is a better player than both of those two guys. Okay. Yes, you're right. So. Sorry, the way I was looking at it is his impact when he's where he's playing, where he's currently playing, and you're just saying if we keep everyone where they're supposed to be or should be or are, and you replace him with, yes, you're right, positive. That's it's all about interpretations, Mitch. I know, huh? Oh boy, it's gonna be one of those nights. Um, <laughs> yes, you're absolutely right. Is he better than Tom Kuhnhackel? Yes. Is he better than Henner Fritz? Absolutely. The guy has 20 goal potential. Easy. He should put up 20 goals. If he doesn't put up 20 goals, that's I don't need I I I I'm I'm at a loss for negative adjectives or 
adverbs or whatever you want to call it. I forget the word for the word. I okay. keep mine in French. But how, how about how about this? Good cop out. <laughs> Thank you. But how about, if the bottom six is what it's supposed to be of, let's say, Lad, Filipula, Komarov, third line, and then fourth line, Martin Sezikis, Clutterbuck, isn't Lad the best out of those six players? I, oh, I I have a hard time arguing that because I really like Casey Zekas. I like what Casey Zekas does. But then again, if you're looking at possibility and potential, look, just 2014-15, Andrew Ladd put up his best year with 62 points. So he's three years away from 62 points. Again, things... Things happen and things change, so obviously we know he's not the player that he was that year, but my my point being that he at least gives that little bit of a threat that, okay, maybe like you have some scoring potential. I'm not afraid of Valtteri Filipula. No. I'm not afraid of Leo Komarov. I'm not afraid of Martin Sezegis Clutterbuck burning me, but Andrew Latz, sneaky, might slide one past you when you're not paying attention. That's absolutely, he's got one heck of a wrist shot. Give him that. He's got one hacker. He he knows where to put it. He knows how to place it. Uh, it's just giving him those opportunities and, and giving him the space, which he hasn't been able to do. Can he have a bounce back here? I sure as heck hope so. But, mm, God, I don't see it. Well, playing with Barzell is going to help. Playing with Barzell is going to help him having a, have a bounce back here, for sure. If he stays there all year? Yeah, there's no reason why he couldn't put up 20-plus goals and... 40-plus points. Yeah, that would be insane. Still wouldn't be worth the 5.5 we're paying him for the next four years, but still. No, but you could almost, almost live with it. Actually, is it five years including this year? I think it's, it's five, five including, including this. this. Gross. Yeah. So gross. Oh, and then Boychuk, the next four years including this at six. That's $11.5 million in two players that are over the age of 31. Not good. No, <laughs> Not good. Not good. No. All right, Mitch, let's talk a little bit more positive. Get the rumor mill flowing. Get yeah. that started up. Juice it up. William Nylander still without a contract. If you say his last name quickly, it almost sounds like New York Islander a little bit. So do you think yeah. there's a possibility of that happening? Uh, so would we just call him Niles then? Niles, like would the he, mascot. Yeah, would he piece. be the new Niles? I think so. Mm. Anyways. So your question, do you think it's possible that he gets traded to the Islanders? Yes. Yeah, sure. I think anything is possible. I, from what I understand and from what we've been told, not we personally, but we as Islanders fans, is that Lou has at least kicked tires on that. Okay, how about this? What do you think the probability of it happening is? 49%. Really? You're going that high? I'm, I think it could be done. I think it... We have stuff to give, and they have stuff they want to get rid of, and the stuff we have to give is what they need, right? They can't keep the puck out of their net. Why not? Why not make a hockey trade? I understand. Why would you want to help Toronto? Well, why would you want to help any team? You don't want to help any team because you're in competition with all of them, but you have to. That is the nature of the sport. That is the nature of the game. Make a trade. If you can make a hockey trade with them, perfect. If it's a win-win, Awesome. Even though it never, I, I firmly believe that the NHL is a zero-sum game and you can't win every trade. You can never have two winners in a trade. No, I don't, I don't think so either. But I will say this. I, you are a lot more confident than I am. Yeah, so what is I'm your going, percentage? 
less than 10. Whoa. Okay. Okay. Why? And I, I can kind of tell you why I'm, I'm so high, although I kind of already said it. Why are you so low? Because there's 30 other teams in the National Hockey League. That's correct. And I think that he ends up resigning. You think he resigns? It's possible. Yes. Kyle Dupas is out in Switzerland right now talking to him, apparently. Yes, I think he ends up staying with Toronto. Yeah, so that listen, I'm still in a majority favor that he doesn't sign with the or doesn't get traded the Islanders. So cover myself off there with the 49. percent I'm 51 percent sure he's not going to come here. So technically, I'm not wrong. Technically, you're not wrong. That was a very political answer from you. So oh, that was a hard push. Good old degree in political science. Thank you very much. But um, okay, what would you if you? Excuse me. If you did make that move, what are you giving up? So what I wrote is I said Nick Letty. One for one, straight up, give him Nick Letty. And I've got a lot of like, what? Oh my God. And, and that, that's fair. I, I get it. Nick Letty is a big name. He's a good player. And he's at one point received Norris talk. To be fair, that was in November of last year. And his season tanked after that. But let's think of it this way. We're really keen on keeping Nick Letty. For whatever reason. He's he's a puck-moving defenseman on the left side. Guess what? We have one of those already in the AHL who's ready to come up. But either way, is Nick Letty in the top 30 or like the top 20 in terms of defensemen? Uh, no. No. He's, he's certainly in the top 31 defensemen in the league, right? If you, if you pick a defenseman from every team, he's going to be up there. He's probably in the top 30. Like number 30 to number 35. Like, sorry, 25 to 30. Somewhere within that range. I might go 30 to 40 range, but I, I sure. see the point you're coming. And with. then you you go with that and you say, is William Nylander in the top 30 in his position? Probably not. He's close no, to it. He's close. Right? And by, and by position, I'm just talking forward. Because keep in mind, he does play in the wing right now, but he's he's a center. And that's why I want him. He's a center. Second line center. Mm-hmm. Which the Islanders desperately need because don't tell me that you think that Brock Nelson's going to be able to do this. No. I don't. And if he, even if he is, you if you can turn Brock Nelson into a good third line center, awesome. You got a 45-point third line center. That's amazing. If you can then have a 70-point second line 22-year-old center with a... 19 to 20, what is he? Is he 21, Matthew Barzell? I think he's 21. 21. A 21-point-per-game, if not 100-point player on top of him. That's great depth right down the middle, not to mention the 40-point player you have on the wing. This, Sorry, 40-goal score. The 70-point player you have on the other wing. And the, the, the plethora of other skilled and talented youth coming in. Mitch, I would do it, and here's yes. why. I get the love for Nick Letty. I get it. I understand yeah. it. He was the Islanders' best defenseman for the last three or four years, probably. Since October 4th, 2014. Yeah, since then, until probably this year. I think yeah. Ryan Pulak has surpassed him at this point. They're, they're, yeah, okay, fine. They're, I would argue that they're, they're probably equal just because Pulak doesn't give you what Letty can give you and Letty gives you what Pulak can't give you kind of thing. But the skating abilities... Pulak doesn't have that. They're close. Yes, absolutely. Close, fair? Yes. I 
pulled the numbers on Nick oh. Letty's oh, yes, from last right. year and this year. Mitch, I got fancy. I use a game score. Oh. Familiar with game scores, I'm Mitch. I'm very familiar with game scores. Okay. So you would know that a negative game score is bad. Of course a negative game score is bad. And a point fifteen to a negative point fifteen is bad. Sure, yeah, that's a full point swing. Listen, like a good game score is like three, maybe? Like uh, yeah. Yes. Three and you're pretty good. So how it's listed the from negative point one five or below is quote unquote awful and yeah. Point fifteen to negative point fifteen is bad. So the idea of game score—it's a basketball stat, right? And it's, it's, it was adapted for hockey. And the idea here is that they're supposed to give you the—the the idea of game score is to spit out one number that you can look at a box score and say that's either high or low, right? When you look at like if Andrew Ladd finished—I'm only saying his name because I have his hockey reference page open. If you look at the box score and you see Andrew Ladd has one point, you go he had an okay game. So that's what box score is supposed to tell. You got three points. Oh, he had a great game. Five points. Oh, my God, he was on top of the world. And if he was like a negative five in terms of points minus, you go, ooh, he did not have a good game. Okay. So now that we have that laid out. Yes. Nick Letty had 38 awful or bad games last year. Oh, to negative 1.5 or less last year. From point uh, point fifteen or less. Point fifteen is is awful. No point. He had nineteen awful games and nineteen bad games. So if you combine that, okay, that is thirty. What I say, thirty eight awful or bad games. Okay, so and he had thirty eight that are negative point fifteen or more. That's like half the season, isn't it? Yeah, it's almost half the season that was either. A bad game score or an awful game score? Because he didn't play a full 82 games. I know I'm getting in the weeds here. I keep typing lad for some reason. He played how many games? He played 80 games. So, you know, just, oh, just, just half. under half. That's awful. Obviously, this is reiterating what we already know. That is bad. Um, so then I guess the argument then is, why would Toronto want him? Why would they want him? Because they are really bad on defense and Nick Letty is a name he has talent I don't think this is the Nick Letty forever I don't think he's regressed to the point where he is a bad defenseman that's right a change of scenery could help he's still what he's only 28 right something like that 27 this year he turns 28 in March Okay, so he's still young. It's not like he's over the hill, thirty-one year, thirty-two years old, where he's on the decline. See, how he old do have... you think I am? I'm thirty-four. You must think I'm dead. Well, that's like a corpse in the <laughs> NHL. I'm sorry, <laughs> Mitch. It's true. It's true. Um, so, he, yep that that's why it makes sense because he is in his prime now. Mm-hmm. He helps you win now. Nylander helps the Islanders this year, obviously, but future as well and and they don't necessarily need him like they obviously want him why wouldn't they if they can get him at a reasonable cap level they'll take him but that seems to be the argument he wants somewhere close to eight they won't budge over 6.5 i mean their top six looks pretty good without him there well they're scoring what 25 goals but giving up 20 they clearly need to get the puck out of their own end and nick letty does that for you 
And look, he's got a cap hit for the next four years at 5.5. That's a million less than you're willing to go for for William Nylander. It makes sense. If you're looking to save money to sign your Matthews and, and, um, and Marner, there you go, buddy. You got to cut costs somewhere and you have to address a position of need if you're Toronto. And obviously, like we mentioned, it helps the Islanders because they lack depth down the middle, especially after losing Tavares. Mm-hmm. But you could just plug him in on... Do you bump Ron Hainsey off the top pair? Yes. And put Morgan Riley and Nick Letty together? Yes. Apparently, Ron Hainsey has been bad. So move him out of there. Morgan Riley's on pace for the Norris Trophy for the next 20 years. Apparently, he's Nick Letty in it. No, sorry, Nick Letty. Nick Lindstrom in his prime at this point, if you talk to Brian Burke. Which is I like, really- Mo- I like Morgan Riley, but I don't. I don't think he's God's gift to earth. No. I think he's God, a good no. defenseman. Sure, I'd, I'd take him on my team, but yeah, I wouldn't make him, I don't know, the best defenseman in the world ever in his prime. Right. Um, so I, I, that's what I think a fair valuation is Nick Letty for William Nylander. Yes, he's a 61-point player, and that's really far down the totem pole, but he's going to get better. You put him in a more advanced role, playing in the position he's used to play and surround him with some good players like he would with the Islanders, he's going to be a better player than a 61-point player. Nick Letty is going to get you 45 points from the back end, and he's great at moving the puck out of the zone. That's exactly what Toronto needs. It's a fit-fit basis. I understand if, you, if you're not really high on the trade. I get it. Um, but to poo-poo it outright to say that could never happen, you're going, ah, I don't know. I don't know. If push comes to shove, Kyle Dubas might look at that and say, like, yeah, I might do it. I think he sh- should consider it. If I'm the Maple Leafs, I'm looking to trade for a very good defenseman because that's the last piece that they really need, if you think mm-hmm. about it. Offensively, you're fine. In net, you're fine. You have an act- You actually have an excess at forward. You can't keep everybody. Yep. So... Be smart about it, Kyle Dubas. So I guess the, the last part on this part, I don't know why I said it that way. The last part on this is, let's say we do trade for him. Okay. What do you sign him for? What do you give William Nylander, a 61-point player twice in the last two years, who's 21? I don't have his stats page open, so I don't know his age. I'll bring it up right now. Uh, make sure it's William, not Alex. Who is 22 years old. He turns 23 in May. Seven for seven? Seven for eight? Do you go as high as eight? I would rather seven, but I would go as high as eight. Yeah, okay. That's it. So anything between seven and eight and you're fine? Yes. Okay. I completely agree. And I think that's what he's looking for as well, but Toronto isn't willing to budge. No, they're stuck at six now. 6.5, 6.5, apparently, according to Chris Johnson, is high still go. I imagine that they're going to go higher than that in terms of negotiation. They may want to go as high as 7. Um, they, they probably have done their internal budgeting for the next like 10 years. Maybe not 10. What should I want to talk about? At least 3 years. Um, and they probably figure that this is about the, the amount that they could spend. Roughly, right? Yeah. So, I think you try it. I think you try it. Look, the guy's got... 20 goals, 22 goals a year before that. He's He was a, a six for the Calder 2016-17. He had some votes for the Lady Bing Trophy. And he only averaged 16 minutes just over, sorry, just under 17 minutes of ice time last year. You give him 18, 19 minutes of ice time, this guy's going to give you 70 points. 
Yeah, probably, right? And and you're putting him with a 40-goal scorer on the left and Jordan Eberle, a 60-point player on the right. Like, that's going to get you points. It's not going to be lights out. It's not going to be the same as Toronto, but this could work. Nick Letty, Willie Nylander makes sense. It does make sense. And then what do you do to replace that? That's going to be the question. Bring up Devin Days. Yeah, perfect fit. Oh, we're losing a smooth skating player who shoots on the left. Well, guess what? We got one of those already sitting in the AHL. Let's bring him up. And obviously we're not saying that he's potentially going to be as good as Nick Letty right away, but you... Oh, you are? I, I, I get the impression he could be. But this is ultimately probably a year of evaluation and rebuilding anyway, so I'm yes. willing to take that risk. Yeah. Look, the Ottawa Senators are playing with house money right now. Look at all the, the, the kids that they have. They're just with, with like reckless abandon, just like go out and have fun. And Maxime Lejoie has like a billion points in four games or seven games or whatever it is. Who the heck is, is Maxime Lajoie? I don't know. Never heard of him until, until the other day. Looked it up. Fifth round pick in 2016. Fifth round pick. They're just tossing him out there. Clearly, he's got something. But you can't tell me like this guy earned his spot in training camp over veterans. They're like, hey, you're pretty good. Let's try you out. Why don't we do that? It's not a bad idea. I, Mitch, I have a saying. And it applies to mostly all of my teams that I root for. Because they're mostly bad. But, <laughs> but my saying is, if you're going to be bad... Be bad with youth. Why not? What do you have to lose? What do you have to... You're already losing. Why not? But either way. Either way. I'm on board for it, Mitch. You convinced me. Yes. Block out the haters. Done. Forget about them. Perfect. Moving on. Speaking of haters, another transition, kind of. Haters. The the Belmont Arena has some... They have some haters. (laughs) Floral Park residents, not a huge fan, but Islanders fans are a big fan, and... Unfortunately, to those Flopo and Elmont residents. Sorry, what? Flopo? Yeah, show you... for Floral Park. Okay, okay. Or Flopa, I guess. I know, I know Floral Park. I just, I thought that you were just making up like a, a term, like a city name, like Flopa or Flopo. You could have no. convinced me that that was a city, that was a name in Long Island. I, I've done the quiz, and some of the names are absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, but that's like Indian or Native American like names. You know, from the reservations. Hapag, Wantaw, Massapequa. Yeah. Ronkonkoma. Wonkonkoma, that's the one. Ronkonkoma. Ronkonkoma. <laughs> okay, Belmont is going. Allegedly yeah. breaking ground in May. Ooh. That's a big deal. I don't know why I'm surprised. I already knew that. No, but it was good for the audience. <laughs> So, I guess how I want to start with this is excitement level for you. Okay, what is my range? What is my gamma? Am I a 1 to 5, 1 to 10? We'll do 1 to 5, 5 being highest. I'm at a uh, 2. Okay, so you're not very excited. Why would I be? Is this like well ahead of schedule or is this on schedule? Well, I don't know. I think it's a big deal because... For ever since they had that press conference in what was it like November of last year, yeah. everyone's been sitting around saying, "When's it gonna happen? When is they gonna build the arena? Oh no, <laughs> they're not gonna build the arena. They don't have a home. The Islanders are homeless, Mitch. <laughs> Remember homeless. the Toronto media was saying that they don't have an arena. They have two arenas, and then all this nonsense. It's a big deal because 
of all the past drama that the Islanders have had with their arena, with the Nassau Coliseum. Well, it's only a big Barclays. deal once it gets built, right? Like we're talking about this is when a shovel gets put in the ground, which is symbolic. That's sure. the first step of it being built, Mitch. Correct. But we've seen with bureaucracy and with buildings, it takes a while. And may- maybe they get it right. And maybe it's done in two years. Mitch. I will be excited when they tell me they're ahead of schedule. I will be excited when it's done. I, I- I'm not excited necessarily. I'm not not excited. Let- I'm just kind of like, all right, cool, great. Good I want to do you. one of my examples or comparisons to real life. Oh boy, this is going to be like way out of left field. You know when you drive uptown? Okay, nope. go for it. It's almost like when you want to have a baby. <laughs> How would you like to- And obviously, <laughs> you're like you're saying you're only going to be excited when it's done. So that's like saying you're only going to be excited when the baby comes. But this is like the hey, we found out we're pregnant stage. No. no. No, the we found out we're pregnant stage is when we had the, like the governor at was it at NASA? I, I believe the release was at NASA. Uh, na- yeah, it when was. he was like, "Hey, we're doing this." That's the the pregnancy stage. Okay, or so the, then we're you even further out, you along. The test then. Result. So yeah. then, what's the shovels breaking in the ground? This is when you go for like the first ultrasound and you see it. It's, okay, it's and, you're not, and you don't size. get excited. You don't get excited over this, Mitch. You're a bad father. <laughs> I was excited, I guess. I was it was probably at a three. Like, hey, cool. I see the thing I already know is there. Awesome. I see it. It doesn't look like anything except for maybe a peanut. I love it. I don't know it, but I can't wait to see it. I have a picture of it. I had a picture on my phone the entire time. I'm not gonna go take a picture of John Ledecky putting a spike in the ground or whoever the governor's gonna be like, her, this is great for the city now. Or the county of Nassau, I should say. Her, great. Now, yeah, put that on my phone. That's going to be my background, just for you. It should be. <laughs> Everyone's so background real should life be analogy. the governor of New York with a shovel in the ground digging for Belmont because they're excited for their newborn baby. Yeah, you should be. Okay, you should why? be more excited. I would put my excitement okay. at a three and a half. What? Like, you're just half excited. Yeah, cool. All right, what else is on? That's what you're at right now. No, I'm like, this is this is good. A four is like, I'm really excited. Like, I'm amped up, and five is like, I'm just off the wall crazy. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, three is like, yeah, I'm excited. This is good. And four is like, really excited. So I'm in between that. Two is like you, like Mr. Eh. One is like, eh. that's okay. And then zero is obviously... Don't care at all. I, I'm notorious for my eh feelings. My birthday is from like one through 20. I, I, I was excited for only one gift. So usually when kids open gifts, they're excited for all of them. It's like super exciting. I never cared. I never showed emotion. There's only one gift I ever got excited about. And it was Legend of Zelda for the Nintendo 64. Oh my God. Imagine being your parents and you're like, okay, yeah. I... I I got Mitch. I think he's going to love it. And you open the gift and you're like, cool. Thanks, mom and dad. Next. What we're finding out about Mitch tonight (laughs) speaks volumes to his character. I, for one, am very, very disappointed. (laughs) 
Uh, no, like I, I, I'm excited for this to be built. I want this to be built so bad because they need a home. They deserve a home. The New York Islanders deserve the very best. Just like my kids. Wow, look at that. Father of the year. I'm going to go upstairs and get my de- best dad ever mug. Hand Number painted, one dad mind mug. you. Um, but like it's step, not like what, three out of a 14 million step process? Like I, I, I'm, I want this to happen, but like how can you get me out of my seat? Uh, cool, great. This is what is supposed to happen. No? It's a big deal that it's happening, though. But it's already, we already know it's happening. We're, we're like, we're just like spinning in a circle here. Let's, let's just say I'm not as excited as you are, and you are very excited. And let's move on to more things about this specifically. All right. Go ahead. So, MSG's out. Big deal, no deal, little deal. Uh, little deal. Really? I don't see again. I'm just like, whatever. They sold their shares. Who cares? They don't want to be part of this. Doesn't matter. Someone else is going to buy their shares. Great. Done. Next. I don't know. I have a little like my stomach flipped, but I'm not like petrified that it happened. Because I I even think Jim Bombach reported on something saying like it it was just they just wanted out because they they, they didn't really care. Um, I'm I'm paraphrasing out of my own head here, but it didn't. he, He downplayed the thing entirely. So in the end of the day, it was just like it was a non issue. And maybe it comes back later. I I just don't see it being an issue. Okay. I don't think it's like, again, if we did the scale, I'm like, I just said, eh. Right. A little. Okay. And then last thing on this is um, Islanders owner John Ledecky uh, is back out of his hibernation and in front of a camera. So how long until he rides the LRRR? LRR. I had too many R's in there. I don't think he's going to do that. Instead, I think his next big appearance mm-hmm. is a tailgate at the Coliseum. No, oh, he's going to have to wait a while for one of those. Yep. Right? Their first game is December 1st. That's going to be a chill. What do you guys do for that? Like, that's got to be cold. What do you mean? What do you do? You, you dress warmly and grill. I'm excited for that. That's going to be fun. Heck yeah, it's fun. That sounds like a lot of fun. As a Canadian, I'm perfectly fine in the cold. I'm a-okay. Uh, well, that's not true. We're not all... It's not like we're all born with ice in our bloods. We're not like the, the the frozen zombies from Game of Thrones. No. But again, like you got to think, I've also changed a lot since the Islanders moved. I was 18, 19 in their last God year at the Coliseum. So I was like raring to go. Like, I, yeah, I'll do it. I'll do anything. I in the 2012. No, I was older than that. I'm sorry. In the 2012, 2013 playoff series. So game three, I mm-hmm. went to against Pittsburgh. I was 18 then, so I guess I was 20 and 14, 15. Anyway, the game it was a matinee game. We got there like 8:30 in the morning and started tailgating. It was great. It was fantastic. That is a long See? day, but that's playoff hockey. That's not middle of the season. December in New York weather because it's windy out there. Anyways, I don't need to complain yeah. about New York weather. You all we know it. it. You live there. We know. But yeah, that my prediction is it's going to be at the next thing that they want the fans to quote unquote care about, which is coming coming back to the Coliseum. 
So I, I heard, so it was, Staple was on, I believe it was Islanders Anxiety, the uh, SB Nation podcast, and said that it seems that they're probably going to move there permanently, there being Nassau. Maybe, like, that's what they're gearing up towards. Maybe not right away, but if it's a success, maybe next year they play the entire season there or more of what they're doing now, which is 20 games, I believe. I think next year they're playing the full half their season there. Yeah, I I wouldn't be surprised if that's the case. Like, everyone hates Belmar or Barclays. Look, there was no one there. Um, what what holiday was it again for you guys? Columbus, it was Thanksgiving Columbus, for us. Columbus, Columbus Day. Day, whatever. That guy. Um, the second guy to discover North America. Not or Indigenous People's Day. Sorry? Or Indigenous People's Day. Is that really? Uh, yeah, that's a little more of a newer thing, but they... Okay, cool. People, I like that. People call it that now. I like that. Um, yeah, so no one was there. So, like, people clearly don't like it. Midday, holiday, ain't nobody there. True. So... Not a great sign, but I'm excited about Belmont actually starting to be built. Mitch is like, yeah, get back to me when they have a structure up and... Maybe we'll go from there. I might be a little bit spicier when there's something, there's a girder up or something. All right, Mitch, want to get into the social segment quick? Uh, yeah, sure. Let's do that. What do you got? I have, did you see the video? And this isn't like a happy social segment one. This is kind of stinks oh, of yeah. Ruslan Iskakov. I am really confused on the spelling of his last name. It's either Ishkakov or Ish- Iskakov. I'm not really sure. Um, either one. Okay. There. So he plays for UConn and yeah. they were playing against Quinnipiac and he took a brutal, brutal hit from the defenseman on Quinnipiac and he was knocked out cold on the ice. It was, it was ugly. He had to get stretchered off and he went to the hospital. I don't have any more updates on his condition. ESPN put something out about it way early this morning. That's why I wrote about it on the, on the dailies today. But I don't know how he's doing in the hospital. As far as I know, he's still there. Uh, no, as far as I know, he's out. He was on campus today, like quite earlier today. He's on campus, and they're reevaluating him there. So he's out. Okay. He's not in the hospital. He's not needing to be hospitalized. He's just, they're probably going to check him for post-concussion syndrome or whatever you want to call that. Okay, so Mitch was a better journalist than I. He double-checked. But still, a a very scary moment on the ice yesterday. Yeah, it was a a big hit. I don't necessarily think it was a dirty hit. It it was a big hit for sure. Open ice. I don't necessarily know if his head was down. It it, it may have been. I don't don't think that's, that's inconsequential at this point. Um, but we're talking about a five-seven player and a six-one player. There's a big height difference. That doesn't help, at least in the optics department. Uh, I'd have to see more angles, and I, th- I think there was a reverse angle that I wasn't able to watch. Um, but it, it looks like it was just a really big hit. I don't imagine he gets suspended or fined or anything like that. Uh, I'm just glad that Ishkakov is fine because he's doing pretty well there. I think he's got a few points in the NCAA already. Yeah, and he was Islander's second-round pick from this past year's draft. Obviously rooting for him as he makes his transition to North American hockey, and hopefully he's back out on the ice soon. Yes. Anything from you for the social segment? Uh, One thing. Uh, So as people are preparing for Halloween, I'm seeing a lot of Tavares jerseys being buried with zombies. 
Okay. Uh, I don't get it. Can you can you help me explain? Is it just like he's dead to them or something like that? Or I guess sh- that's the metaphor they're going for. I don't like if it's a zombie, he's coming back to life. I'm Tavares. I'm coming for your wingers. Is that is that the thing? Like is that what he does? He comes and like makes wingers around him not so elite. Is that? I don't get it. <laughs> I, don't know, I was going for a joke there. It didn't really work. I, I don't. I don't. I guess. Maybe. <laughs> you went a little dad joke on us, but I super dad joke. I I listen. I, that's not what I'm doing with my Tavares jersey. I just. Whatever I, I get, people are gonna do that. It's it's expected, I guess. I just looking at it, I wouldn't have got it. I really wouldn't have got it. So, like in the, in this one here, I'm seeing it at Christian Isle says, "Welcome to my graveyard, at Tavares. You're dead to me," and it's a picture of a of a skeleton wearing a Tavares jersey backwards, mind you, um, but still. And I was like, uh, I wouldn't have got that looking at it. I I get it. You're dead to me. I walk in by, I wouldn't have got it. Like he's coming back to finish the job. I don't. As a dead person, why is he dead? You, he, he's dead to you, I suppose. Okay, I got that now, and now he's coming back. He's reanimated. Are you, is that the whole point? Anyways, I'm overthinking it. I'm clearly overthinking I, it. Halloween is not my favorite holiday, so let's just go. with Me that. too. I'm on board with Halloween being overrated. That's my hot take of the week. Oh yes, Halloween is way overrated. Christmas super overrated. I'm, no, I'm not willing to go that far, Mitch. <laughs> that, that was, no, I, Halloween, you had me, but that was like, you just went like way too deep into the, your, the conspiracy theory, and I, oh, I, can't, I can't stand by that take. Okay, well, let's end it there then. That's all I've got. <laughs> all right, so let's do some PSA stuff before we get on out of here. Yeah. So make sure to follow us on social media at Eyes on Isles FS on Twitter. My personal Twitter is at Matt O'Leary NY. Mitch's is at TLO. Mitch, you can also like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash eyes on aisles. Make sure to download our app, the eyes on aisles app on the app store or Google play store. Uh, what else can you do? Wherever you're listening to this podcast, please subscribe, rate and review. It really helps with our searchability. So if you could do that, we certainly appreciate it. And of course, I guess just go back to the website, eyes on aisles.com for all your New York Islanders needs. I have one thing before we leave. Okay. What player last year didn't register a point until game number six? I'm sure there was other ones, but this one player specifically scored their first point in game number six. And this is to tie in the whole Anthony Bovili not scoring in four in four games thing. Eberly? Matthew Barzell. Oh. Matthew Barzell scored his first point against the LA Kings on October fifteenth, game number six. So Give a, give Bo some time. There we go. Give Bo some time. That's going to be the name of this podcast. Perfect. So once again, I'm Matt O'Leary. He's Mitch Anderson, and we will talk to you next week. Stop. 
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.